Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan Connect. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports. Today's guest, a Pacific Northwest native, someone who has a tremendous amount of experience on the college basketball side, as well as a professional player in Europe for a number of years, looking to carve out his niche coaching at the women's college level, which I have a feeling he is going to catch up to speed in no time and put an imprint on the Oregon Ducks women's program, Mike Mosier. Mike, thanks for joining. How is life in Eugene? I oh, appreciate it, man. Thanks for that. Uh, a really cool introduction, too. <laughs> um, well, it's true. I mean, when when you look at it, I know our paths have crossed a few times in the past, but uh, when you look at it, you grew up in the Portland area, which is also where I'm from. You were the 2008 Player of the Year in the state. Uh, you've got a ton of experience with some of the highest profile programs on the West Coast. Um, you First off, if I'm right, you committed to Arizona with Lute Olson. He yeah. retires. You go to, to to UCLA with Ben Howland. Before after that, you play for Long Kruger at UNLV, and then you become a in, integral part of Dana Altman's building block phase of that program as a grad transfer. Those are four big time college coaches that you were involved with early on in your career. Uh, in saying that, when you take a step back and look at it. What does that make you feel like, hey, those are four powerhouse coaches that you had the chance to learn from early on? Yeah, man. Oh, I, I couldn't be more grateful um, for all of those opportunities. I mean, um, yeah, from UCLA to UNLV and coming back to Oregon. I mean, I've just been really blessed and lucky, I think, to be in some of the situations that I've been in and play for some of the coaches that I've uh, you know played for. And even now, you know, being with Coach Graves, who's obviously had a ton of success in his career though just the last eight years in in Oregon and even before that uh with the Zags um I I'm just lucky man I'm just I've just been in the right place at the right time 
I, I love hearing young coaches and then myself, I still consider a young broadcaster uh, appreciative of, of the opportunities and being around great people to learn from. And it sounds like you are the same. You're probably your two most success, successful stints as a college player were UNLV under coach Long Kruger, who I played for in the NBA. Uh, and then under Dana Altman, when you look at coach Kruger at UNLV, what was it about him that was uh, special for you to play for? Man, so it's funny. I didn't get a chance to play for Coach Kruger. I transferred to UNLV um, to play for Coach Kruger. And that year, did a really good job there. They made it to the tournament while I was redshirting. And uh, the next year, Oklahoma nabbed them with a really big contract. <laughs> so, and it's funny, I found out too. I found out on April Fool's Day. Um, I'm getting all these calls. Hey, Mike, your coach is leaving. Your coach is leaving. And I know it's April Fool's, so I'm laughing. I'm, you know, I think it's funny. Hi, yeah, whatever. Um, and then he calls me and tells me, yeah, you know, they, they gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man. Um, but they ended up bringing in Coach Dave Rice, who uh, was at Washington this last year as an assistant. Um, who I love playing for. Uh, I, I obviously, we, we had a good run to made it to the NCAA tournament twice. Um, and I played really well under him. So between him and, and Dana Altman, obviously Altman's resume speaks for itself too. We had some success here, here playing in the tournament. And it, it, learning from those two coaches, I think I probably learned the most kind of from like a team management standpoint. Um, Dana Altman, you know, he'll he'll go into September with with seven players and find a way to find four more right before the season starts and put it all together by February and make a deep tournament run. You know, I mean, I think some of those experiences and kind of seeing just how cool he is under pressure um, as a coach was just invaluable to learn from. Well, my apologies. I had my timeline mixed up. But uh, yes, Dave Rice is a tremendous coach as well. Um, and you're right. He, he was at UW. But when you look at now, you, you graduated from UNLV after a great run and then you're a grad transfer at Oregon. And Dana, as you kind of alluded to, is kind of a master at mixing guys together in a short amount of time. As you move into your coaching phase at the college level, how does your experiences of understanding of knowing things didn't work great at a place for you at UCLA, you had to move on, you had to adjust, and then you had a chance to graduate early and move to Oregon. How is that allowing you to connect with the players that are on the Oregon women's team and now also look at recruiting and the transfer portal? Man, that's a good question. You know, I feel like it, it just kind of helped me be able to pull from all these different experiences, you know, like at UCLA, I was a freshman who, you know, kind of came in thinking he was going to play and, you know, fought as hard as I could, never really got an opportunity. So I know it was kind of like to be the last guy on the bench and uh, moving over to, to UNLV. You know, there's a year where I'm an All-American and, you know, I'm having to lead guys and, and you know, find that maturity and, and, and really hone in on leadership skills and things like that. And um, coming over to Oregon, I'm, I'm the vet now and you know, I've kind of been there, done that. And then, you know, I'm not really the guy, but I'm I'm a piece and I'm, I'm I'm trying to, you know, really mentor guys and and kind of do that side of it. So it I think it was kind of all encompassing, you know, for, for all those years that I was in college, I, I kind of learned um, just a little bit of how to be each player on the team, you know, um, from the best player on the team to one of the players that just don't play. And I think that's really helped me kind of coach in and 
being able to kind of speak from some of those experiences that a lot of these kids are going through now. I remember talking to Ime when he was considering getting out of playing and getting into coaching because we were both in that same time frame of, of being done and looking at our next steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was kind of hesitant. Well, for Ime Udoka, that's now become a non, non-starter <laughs> because he's a head coach of the Boston Celtics now. Did you always feel after your European playing career that you were going to get into coaching or did you have other interests? Um, I did have other interests, man. I was, uh, you know, I got came here to get my master's in, in nonprofit management. I want to start my own nonprofit and all this. And actually, email is one of the ones that really inspired me to get into coaching. Um, I mean, shoot, he inspired me to keep playing when times were tough. He has always been a big uh, role model and inspiration and mentor of mine. So, I mean, kind of seeing his route, I think, was definitely a, a big, uh, a big motivator for me wanting to get into coaching. And uh, I mean, yeah, it definitely uh, worked out for him. I remember those times, too, and he was kind of sitting, pondering, do I go back and play? And, and so kind of getting to see kind of his process, I think, has helped me throughout mine, too. So I've got to ask, you played in Europe uh, for a number of years. You played for some really good teams. I'm always curious because I had a short stint in Europe and I had some really interesting experiences, not getting paid, injuries. <laughs> what was it like for you? Did you Do you have any stories that just would, would blow somebody's mind away thinking that that couldn't have been true? Man, there's, there's too many. I mean, from my first year to my last year, um, it, Europe's a tough a tough place to play, but it, it definitely makes you stronger for sure. Because I mean, when you're going through some things that are so hard over there um, and you're by yourself a lot of the time, uh, for me, you know, my family was in Las Vegas where I was living and uh, I was in Europe. So it, it, it really wore on me um, as a, as a person for sure. Um, just cause I'm a big family guy. You know, that's one of the most important things to me. So, I mean, being overseas, oh, man, um, stories. You know, Finland was probably the the most interesting place that I played. Um, you know, we're kind of out towards the mountains. Um, you know, there's snow on the ground from September to February. I mean, it's just, it's always cold. And usually when you go overseas, you know, they give you a car, you know, and, and a place to stay. So we had a place to stay, but we didn't have a car. We had a bicycle. <laughs> so everywhere we were going was on a bike to the grocery store, you know, to the bank, whatever the situation was, we were always on a bike in the snow in negative 10 degrees. Um, you know, you wouldn't play well. And sometimes uh, one of the favorite things to do to motivate you was to turn off your Wi-Fi, not pay the Wi-Fi bill or not pay the heat bill. And uh, yeah, suffice to say, it took about a couple of weeks of that before I, uh, took my talents elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can only imagine uh i I spent part of a winter in in bomberg germany and uh it definitely did get cold but if the the heat was turned off that would not be fun that's for Uh. sure (laughs) so you 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 get done playing and you mentioned kind of navigating through what you want to do next maybe coaching maybe do some nonprofit work you have an opportunity to come up with the Dallas Mavericks, one of the best organizations in the NBA. What was that decision factor like? And how do you separate yourself as a player moving into a new realm as a coach kind of at the bottom rung? Ooh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely tricky. Um, 
I mean, I'm sure you know, you're you once a player, you're always a player. That same competitive spirit, you bring it to whatever you're in, right? Um, I'm sure it's kind of like that, even in broadcasting. You know, there's there's this there's just, just this kind of feeling in us where we got to compete with the next guy. Um, and it was it was like that for sure. Um, coming into Dallas, I got my, my opportunity from uh, gosh, a coach I met way back when I was in high school doing the LeBron James camp. Um, same with Mike Procopio, and you know he was coach. He was Laker guy for a while with Kobe Bryant and those guys, and uh, he was with the Mavs um, my first year there. So it kind of got in that way, and um, you know I started as an intern, so shagging balls and wiping sweat off the floors, really just kind of grinding through a year of um, you know figuring out what I want to do. Coaching is for me, and really learning from some of the best coaches, you know, um, you know, we had Mike Weiner over there. We had coach Mosley who's now the head coach with the Orlando magic. And, you know, we did sham God, the great player development coach. I mean, we had a ton of really good coaches. So it was a, it was a great year just to, for me to kind of really learn and see if this is what I want to do. And I fell in love with it from the get go. I mean, you know, we're working out with Luka Doncic and Christoph Porzingis every day and kind of seeing the, this professional approach to the game. Um, it, it really sparked something in me that I really wanted. So um, kind of sticking with it through the hard stuff was really easy. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So I, I moved on that that next year and did a, actually moved over to analytics, you know, with COVID and kind of tried to limit coaches on the floor. So I uh, moved over to the analytics side and that was a whole new thing for me. Um, you know, being a, being a player, I think we tend to fight the the analytics a lot of times, you know, and the theories behind it. And, um, but it was interesting. It, it was really interesting. I think it helped me a lot to grow as a coach as well. So um, through the whole process, I think, man, it, it was great with the, with the Mavericks. Analytics have become a big thing, obviously. And I know Mark Cuban leaves no stone unturned. So <laughs> no. I'm sure you had every opportunity and resource at your fingertips to learn there. And Mike Procopio was on our podcast a few months back. He's a oh, right tremendous on. basketball mind. He he was telling stories about how he was Kobe's personal coach. Mm -hmm. uh, and he would come up with scouting reports the day before Kobe's next matchup. And the detail and the thought that went into it was, was impressive. What would you, what have you taken away from maybe his approach to player development that you're already implementing with the Oregon women's team? Man, you know, I think a lot of it is definitely personality stuff. Um, you know, what he did was really good. I think he, he kind of got in Kobe's mind a little bit, you know, and really tailored things to his personality. And I mean, you played against the guy. Kobe had a different kind of personality, you know. Um, and I worked a lot with Sham God as well, who was, I mean, he was great to learn for from a player development standpoint. He had every drill. Um, he had a, a approach to guys too, to where when he talked, everybody listened, you know, he just kind of had this this aura about him. Um, I, I think I took a, a piece from kind of both, to be honest with you. Tell me a little bit more about working with Luka Doncic because, you know, I think he was a misunderstood or misjudged player when he came over because he had so much success in Europe at a very young age. And there's still that hesitancy about people understanding how that will translate over to the NBA game. It didn't take much time at all. <laughs> no. How good a player is he? It, it was funny. And, and I had those same kind of, you know, speculations when I was – 
first starting, just, you know, wondering what this was going to be like. You know, everybody's heard his name at this point. And, man, he's just a savant, man. I, I don't know a better word to really describe him. There's just things that he has that other guys don't. Um, you know, he'll never be the fastest guy. He'll never be the strongest guy. He'll never jump the highest. But for someone to just kind of figure out different ways to get out of situations, you know, picked up your dribble, stuck, pivot, pivot, turn around jumper. Um, you know, he just, he just finds ways, man. He's so creative. It's, it's, it's funny too watching him. Um, for him, every time he's on the court is like the happiest day of his life. You know, he's just always having so much fun. You'll see it out there. He smiles, man. He's high-fiving everybody. He's constantly talking. Um, you know, he, does, he never gets too high, never gets too low, doesn't take things too serious. Um, he He's a special talent, man. It, it's going to be really fun watching him for the next 15 years. You know what I mean? He's so young. Yeah, he's maybe my favorite player to watch in the game right now, um, outside of maybe the obvious for, for someone like myself who was a smaller guard who liked to shoot it in Steph Curry. He, he is definitely fun to watch. Let's go now to your transition from NBA and growing a, your early phases of your coaching career um, to going to the women's college game. For a lot of people um, on the outside looking in, they might not know what your thought process was. Well, me knowing you just a little bit and knowing a little of your background, you went to Oregon, you're connected to Coach Kelly Graves' son is by working through with him in the Mavericks organization, and you got a ton of pride for your, your alma mater. Tell us how the opportunity came about with the Ducks women program. Yeah, so like I was saying, in the, I interned with the Mavs you know, my first year, and that was kind of my first kind of taste of coaching. And um, I happened to also be interning with uh, Coach Graves' son, uh, Max, Max Graves, and he actually uh, – coaches now he's doing some some things with the uh, soccer america down in baltimore um but yeah no we got to know each other man and and always kind of talk shop love talking basketball and just got really close and yeah i ended up kind of coming down to a few of the, the women's games here and actually shot over to la to watch them play ucla and usc and met coach and um and we just kind of hit it off you know it it was you know, our personalities really click. He's, I don't know if you've met him. He's a great guy. He, he's a zag too. Yeah. About the zags. Uh, yeah, he's just a great dude, man. Really down to earth, you know, for someone who's has so much success at this level, um, you know, really open-minded coach. He's one of those coaches that, you know, let you kind of get out there and, and, you know, he's kind of let me grow as a coach. He puts a lot of responsibility on me and I love it. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been re a really good transition. Um, and he's been really instrumental in everything about it. Yeah, I got to know Coach Graves a little bit during his time at Gonzaga. He's uh, He knows his stuff. Uh, his personality is one of the best, and, and he loves what he does, and it shows. Um, so I'm glad that you got a chance to, to work on one of the best coaches in the women's game. When you look at the women's game, what has been the biggest surprise for you after having spent your whole career playing and then kind of starting your coaching in the NBA, what's been the biggest surprise about the women women's game uh, now that you're working in it? You know, I think from a coaching aspect, um, I think it's how coachable they are. Um, you know, it's it's and it, there's a lot of different views. Um, I, 
the guys listen more, the girls listen more. I, you know, I think the girls just, I think they take a different approach to things. You know, um, when you're working out guys or, you know, through the midst of a season, um, when guys are playing well, they feel well. You know what I mean? Um, girls play well when they feel well. You know what I mean? When, you know, you show them love and everything's going good in life, um, man, things are sharp on the court. Um, you know, it's a little different with guys, right? Everything's sharp when we're playing good, you know, when shots are going in and things like that. So I just think approaches, um, you know, psychologically are a little different. Uh, but I mean, man, it's it's interesting. You know, we, we the game here has gotten way more athletic. You know, I'm at AAU tournaments this summer and there's girls dunking on girls. Um, you know, uh, shot making is, is at a high, really high level. I mean, obviously, we're one of the better programs in the country. And, you know, we we, we take a we, we get the better players and it, it, it's been really good kind of being able to it hasn't been a big drop off. Right. You know, you're still I'm still really coaching elite players and it makes it a lot of fun because they take it like they're very professional about it and their approach is very professional. So um, uh, there's differences and similarities, but for the most part, man, it's, it's all basketball. So it's still it's still just been a lot of fun. Wanted to talk about. Portland area basketball quickly uh, before I let you go. I grew up in the Portland area, mm-hmm. Vancouver. Um, I always say Portland because if I say Vancouver, people think I'm from Canada. Yeah. But I, claim, <laughs> I can't claim Jesuit like Mike Dunleavy or or uh, Kyle Wilcher. I can't claim any of the PIL schools. Mm-hmm. I want to get your take. Alumni game between Grant where you went. Mm-hmm. yourself, Terrell Brandon are probably the two most known uh, grant generals that I can think of off the top of my head versus Jefferson, the demos mm-hmm. alumni team. And they've got a ton of great players. Eme, mm-hmm. Terrence Ross, Terrence Jones, um, Brandon Brooks is a name that probably. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You can't take name. Brandon Brooks from us now. He was at Grant first now. Okay, so you could take you could take Brandon need, Brooks first yeah. at Grant before you need Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the Portland area people that are listening to this podcast, who are you taking? A Grant all-time team or a Jefferson all-time team, and why? Man, you know what? It'd be a close game. I mean, I, I think even from players, you know, from Terrence Jones, you had a Terrence Ross. Um, Gosh, you could go back. Aaron Miles, Mike Lee, Sheets. I mean, Jeff is really good. Um, we're just tougher, you know. On on that side of the city, we're just tougher guys. It just is what it is. Um, Terrell Brandon, I, I don't know if there's a player in um, the history of Jefferson High School that could really match up with him. I mean, he was something special. I got to watch him when I was really young, so I've always kind of idolized TB. Um, he was something really special. And uh, just to take shots, we had we had better coaching. We were we were just better coached over there, you know. Um, Tony brought us brought back state championship. Um, we 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 just coaching wise, I I don't think there's a there's a matchup, you know. Well, I love it. Spoken from the heart. <laughs> Makes it tough. <laughs> hey, I'd be the same way. I'd have uh, I'd be pulling from all my alma mater. So staying on that topic really quickly, mm-hmm. give me your biggest influences basketball wise growing up in the Portland area. I know we touched on email a little earlier, um, yeah. but were there others in the Portland area that were instrumental for you? Yeah. Um, 
email has probably been the biggest throughout my life, uh, even till now. Um, like I said, Tony brought us. Um, he he was really influential, man. He he had, would have the runs packed at Jeff. Oh man, I mean at Grant. Um, and then yes, yeah, Strick at Jeff. Um, I mean Jeff, I, I I take shots at him, man. But no, they they got really good coaches over there. Marshall Haskins. Um, when I was in high school, um, he always had really good runs and put really good teams on the floor. Uh, man, influential guys. Kanan Chapman, man, he he's brought between the, the Rose City Showcase and his IPCP programs, he's brought a lot to Portland, man. Um, I don't think anybody could deny that. Man, the list could go on and on. Combino memory, um, the things he's done uh, as far as training and, and putting pros out. Oh, God, man. Uh, Troy Berry, those those old Benson teams from the uh, early two thousands. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we. I don't think the 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 rest of the country really knows, man. Um, Portland's Portland's done a lot for basketball. Um, you know, these last 20, 30 years. I mean, we we've been around. We've had NBA players come out. Um, you know, we got. And I call him a Portland guy. You know, we got Peyton Pritchard down here shooting now. You know, what I mean, we we put out a lot of players, man, a whole lot of players. Well, I can sense uh, the pride that you have from being from the Portland area, the excitement that you have to get going uh, with the Oregon women's team, and and the the outlook that you have to learn from Kelly Graves and to help that program continue to be one of the best programs in all the country. So. Uh, I'll be tracking the team this year. I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck as you really get your feet wet in the college game. And uh, thanks again for joining, Mike. No, I appreciate it, Dan. Anytime. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.